Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Today is March 1st, 2016. Hard to believe, February's already gone. (laughs) And spring, as I explained to my children this morning, is just around the corner even though it was about 20 degrees when we woke up this morning. I have no idea what the temperature is now, but it was 20 degrees. And some of you may remember that a week or so ago, we had just beautiful, warm weather. It's gone, at least for the foreseeable future. It's just gone. (laughs) So we're back to 20 degrees, but no snow. There was supposed to be a little bit of snow, and I'm not seeing any evidence of that. It's very bright out right now. So bright that I have to keep the the windows covered and and all that otherwise I can't even see any of my screens that are in front of me right now so here's what's going on today I have uh, one person that I know I need to share with you about all of her great things in her books Um, I want to remind everyone that if you want me to mention your upcoming book or a new release of of an older book or whatever if you want me to share that with everyone else, you just need to get in touch with me at backporchwriter.com, and you can send me a message very easily from the website. You can also generally find me on Twitter or Facebook under Backporchwriter, and so you can just shoot me a message, and then I'll make a note of it, and I will share it live on one of the shows. So today I'm sharing a little bit of information about Zeta Elliott. Now, some of you might remember that she was on the show um, a year or so ago, and she writes children's books, and she writes for teens and all that. She's got a new book coming out called Milena's Jubilee. It's coming out in fall of this year. It's coming from, I think it's Tilbury House Press. Uh, So be sure to check that out. Her website is ZettaElliott.com. That's Z-E-T-T-A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T. So ZettaElliott.com. And I love supporting other authors. I especially love supporting those authors who write for diverse audiences, and that is what Zeta Elliott does. So be sure to check out her books. She's got several different books and essays and some videos. It's a really cool, neatly organized website. So again, if you're interested in having your information shared on, live on Back Porch Writer, just get in touch over at backporchwriter.com. Another reminder, Indie Author Hour is coming up at 11 o'clock Central Daylight Time after the Back Porch Writer Show. It's over on blab.im, and I co-host that with a fellow author named Hardy LaBelle. So join us over there. It's a completely different type of show because we tend to talk from the perspective of, of our own author pursuits and career. And today we're going to talk about publicity and different ways to, we're going to brainstorm different ways to get publicity for our our work, our books, that sort of thing. So join us over on Indie Author Hour at 11 o'clock Central Daylight Time. That's 9 o'clock Pacific, and that would be noon Eastern Time. Sorry, I don't know what it is, Mountain Time. But maybe, just maybe, my guest can tell me what it would be Mountain Time. He might have a better idea than I do. My guest today is author Wesley Banks, and we're talking about his, his new book, her uh, in her eyes. So Wesley, welcome back, Porch Writer. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad you're here. So I I know you're out in Oregon and everything. <laughs> There's mountains there, right? So <laughs> do you have any idea what mountain yeah. time is 
If it's uh, if it's if it's eleven o'clock Central Daylight Time, what time is that Mountain Time? Uh, it should be ten. I'm in Pacific. I think Mountain's one hour ahead of me, so it should be just, uh, just be ten o'clock. I figured you would know though, because you know, even if you're in Pacific, <laughs> which I knew, let everybody know, I did yeah. know that that was Pacific time. But I figured mountains, you yeah. might have a clue about what mountain time would be. I have no idea. I always have to look that up. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your new book. Um, well, uh, this is my second book. Um, as you said, I'm out here in Oregon, actually, in Central Oregon. Um, this book is called In Her Eyes, and it's about a guy named Vincent Wilder who due to a recent tragedy, is given a second chance to pursue his dream of running at the collegiate level. And then after meeting a girl named Casey Taylor, he quickly begins to fall for her. But eventually his past starts to catch up with him, and he kind of has to make a choice between the girl he now loves and a promise that he made long ago. That's a pretty decent hook. It's intriguing. (laughs) So, now, from looking at, what what was the name of your other book? I, I don't have it. Uh, the first name. book Did was called uh, Hope and Every Raindrop. All right. So, romance author, was I right? For the time, yes. Uh, okay. Like more, it's, it, doesn't, it usually has like a romance intrigue, more kind of a literary fiction with a little bit of romance in it. Ah, okay. So, are the... Are you writing series or are you writing standalone books? Well, originally I was writing standalone books, and that's kind of how um, I envisioned. Kind of, I have you know several books outlined, and then I started getting emails after my first book, which it was a little bit too late because I'd already started the second of people wanting a series. So I'm actually going to go back in my next book is going to be the prequel to my first book. And I'm going to make that into a three-book series. Got to listen to your audience, right? Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, so what was um, Hope in Every Raindrop? What's that about? Um, it was about a best-selling author um, who struggles to kind of find her next big story until she happens upon... Uh, this man in South Carolina who raises uh, the world's rarest dog breed. And it's kind of about um, her entering his world um, and finding a story in there, but also finding a lot along the way. So what's what's up with the dogs? Because I've noticed when I looked at your website, there seems to be a lot of dog information. Why is that? Yeah, um, I'm a big dog person. Um, I don't really know how it started, but I've owned um, a rare breed for about five or six years now um, called a Carolina dog. And I think that's kind of what uh, got me hooked on writing about them just because I've had um, a lot of interest in rare in rare dog breeds. Um and this book, In Her Eyes, actually started off, back when I started writing it, I had it outlined about a man that overcame a past um, and used a greyhound um, to kind of help rehabilitate him, but I couldn't get the story to work. 
And so I actually took the dog out of the story. But it's just something kind of like a little bit of my niche as far as what I enjoy writing about. Mm-hmm. So what is the rarest dog breed? Um, well, in the United States, the rarest dog breed is either the Carolina dog or the New Guinea singing dog as far as dogs go, probably. So what? I don't even know what these animals look like. I've never heard of a <laughs> Carolina um, Go ahead. They look, the Carolina dog looks kind of like an Alaskan husky. Um, okay. It's not, it's, the fur is a little bit different, depending on what type of Carolina dog. They have two different fur coats, a soft coat and a seal coat, but um, they look similar to huskies. Do they have a similar temperament as a husky? Um, not quite. Uh, they have more of a temperament as kind of like, I want to say a standoffish border collie. Um, they're <laughs> a little bit more high energy, but they're not quite, uh, they're more on their own a little bit. Mm-hmm. So how what have you done to market your books? Because now you're on book two, so I'm sure there's a lot of learning between the two. What did, what did you do before versus what you're doing now? Um, well, when I first started out, I really didn't have a clue. I'm not sure that I have much of a clue in terms of marketing now, mainly because I really do not like it. I think, I think every writer kind of just wants to write and then uh, hope the book does well. But um, the first time I did uh, like a virtual like a book blog tour, um, and I reached out. Uh, the biggest thing I probably did is I reached out to about five people every day uh, to get reviews on different blogs. Um, I originally started with book bloggers, which I actually think is not a good idea. Um, I found that if you can target um, whatever niche or incidental market your book is in, for instance, for Hope and Every Raindrop, with the dogs, I found that dog bloggers and uh, dog people tend to want to read that style book a lot more. And so uh-huh. within her eyes, I have a plan of targeting um, like running blogs, particularly female running blogs, because it's got a little bit of a love story. And so pretty much that's my main focus. Um, I do a little bit of social media and a little bit of advertising and stuff like that. But mainly it's just um, reaching out one by one. Mm-hmm. That's a great tip, though, to to take that what is your little hook there, whether it's the dogs or it's the running or whatever, and target those particular groups of people. That's a really good idea. I did notice you have like 59 reviews for uh, the first book, For Hope in Every Raindrop. So it seems to be going yeah, fairly well. You're at four and a half stars. I used the launch team, which went really well for opening a range up, and I think when it launched, I had, my goal was 25, I think I had around 20, 25, and then over the past year or so, it's picked up about uh, about 30 reviews, I think, yeah, I think they said about 59 right now, and so it's kind of the same strategy or similar strategy within our eyes as far as um, using a launch team, and then, you know, continue marketing by reaching out. You know, over the next six months or so, different blogs and whatnot. 
Mm-hmm. So tell me about your launch team. What did you do? How did you organize that? Well, um, for the first book, I didn't really have any readers. So I mainly used uh, word of mouth uh, through social media. Um, and I ended up getting, I don't even remember the number, maybe 30 or 40 people on the launch team. And uh, this time around, because I've been building my email list over the past almost uh, a year or so, maybe nine months. And so I use my email list plus uh, my social media following plus my word of mouth um, and built up a little bit bigger launch team this time. And so hopefully it goes a little bit better. So you mentioned you don't like the marketing side of things. What don't you like about it? Um, well, I have a lot of background in um, web design and the technical side of things. So I really enjoy the part of blogging. Um, I enjoy um, you know, creating the website and the leads and everything. That's fun for me. What I don't like is spending a lot of time. I spend quite a, quite a couple of hours a day probably reaching out to people, saying like, hey, you know, this is what the book's about. Would you be interested in taking a look at it and possibly reviewing it? It just kind of gets a little tedious. I'd rather just be writing at that point. But um, I guess it's what you got to do. So what is your writing day like? Um, to be honest, right now um, I'm just doing some research and outlining. But typically, as I start to get into things, um, what I'll typically do is write from, I usually write the first three or four hours of the day. Um, and that's all I'll write. And I'll write every day um, for about three or four hours. And I usually write on Evernote. And I just write whatever scene I'm kind of feeling for that day. Um, and I always try to, one of the biggest things I learned is never to complete a scene because you start the day with kind of like your mind searching on where to pick off. So I always try to stop somewhere in the middle of a scene. So the next day, I got kind of like my creative juices flowing for that scene, and I'll write the rest of it and start a new one. That's a really interesting approach. I, I go the, the other direction. I like to complete a scene. <laughs> so I will write... <laughs> I, I actually outline, uh, I do generally 12 chapters because I'm writing mystery thrillers. 12 chapters, five scenes per chapter, and each scene is anywhere from 1,000 to 1,500 words or something. And so I typically will write a whole scene. If I get to a point where it just naturally stops, then I'll just stop that scene, and it may be short of the word count that I wanted, but it'll, I'll just move on to the next scene. <laughs> and, right. and that's how I basically organize my my writing. Uh, and, but I also write in order. You're, it seems you're writing just scenes, and they're not necessarily chronological. Is, is that right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So a slightly different approach. That's I would right. think that would make it really challenging. After you, when you go to organize everything, what's that look like? What do you have to do? So I have like a master uh, note, and I note that has uh, my outline. And what I do is I kind of pick where I want to start in that day. 
and I'll just write another note, and I'll link from uh, my outline to it so that uh, it, you know, it becomes like a hyperlink once it's finished. So essentially once all my outline bullet points are hyperlinked, I know that I've written all the notes for those, and I can go back and start my first like edit. Mm-hmm. Do you find it, is it challenging going back and having to reorganize the scenes because you're not writing in a particular order? No, they, um, because I do a pretty extensive outline ahead of time. So I have a really general idea of where I want the book to go. And mm-hmm. I just use, I keep my scenes chronological in the outline. So they're already in I order. See. It's just, I'm just kind of choosing to write them. However, I feel like writing that day. Ah, you're writing them randomly. Got it. Right. Okay. That makes more sense to me. See, and I don't outline much. (laughs) So I'm trying to get a picture in my mind of what this looks like. I'm very much a pantser. (laughs) I've had to force myself to outline a little bit more. And I don't outline anywhere near what you're doing at all. And I can know that just from this little bit of conversation. So I I may have like one sentence to describe this is what's going to happen in the scene. (laughs) <laughs> and I yeah, do that I when I sit down. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I don't do yeah, it. Right. I, I do when I sit down. A sentence or two ahead of time. So, like, I'll have <laughs> it's really simple. It's just like it's numbered like one through twenty or whatever. And I end up adding like letters in case I add a scene like three A or three B or whatever. And I just try to sentence uh-huh. out each one ahead of time, and that's kind of it. But this really makes sense because what little I do know about you, your background, engineering, building bridges, things like that, this fits your personality, I bet, this level of detail yeah. that you have, right? Yeah. You yeah, would, this um, is you. You would die also my spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like spreadsheets. So there you go. <laughs> I have to force myself to do a spreadsheet. That That's one yeah. of the things I started doing last year was a, a spreadsheet for all of my marketing and things like that and all my um, spending expenses. And I don't, I'm don't. i not a spreadsheet person. I'm not a detail person. I don't like that. <laughs> so it's fun to talk with someone who is like that. We're just polar opposites right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't but think... I, I can see... Um, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think a lot of writers have an engineering background. I think it's... People look at me like, wait a minute, you're an engineer and you write? Like, most engineers can't write, they can't spell... <laughs> They're not really worried about that at all. So. That's just a stereotype. That's all. <laughs> There's plenty that are. You know, in fact, my the person who co-hosts Indie Author Hour with me, Hardy LaBelle, his background is actually computers and, and game design and things. So he's, the level of detail that he goes to is amazing. Again, my polar opposite <laughs> for the show. Right. And it and it works really well because that of course brings some balance to to everything when we when we don't have everything the same the the outlining stuff i I do know that it's helpful, so that's why I started doing at least some level of outlining because it makes it easier. I don't have to reorganize my scenes at all when I write they just this is where they're at, <laughs> so that's kind of nice um because of the level of thought that I put into at least that but yeah, I, I can't imagine actually going to the level of detail that someone like yourself would do or some other authors. I would probably go bonkers and never get anything done. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> what would happen to me. Never get any books written if I did that. <laughs> but I will say this. The first time I did, have you ever participated in National Novel Writing Month? 
Yes. Okay. The, one of the years that I did that, I didn't do any any outlining at all, and I just sat down and started writing. And now that that manuscript is still sitting. It's been two or three years. <laughs> it's still sitting yeah. because it's such a mess. Because I didn't do any real organization at all beforehand. It's just a mess. So I haven't. That's when I learned my appreciation for at least have a, a sentence <laughs> that says this is what the lot the scene should be. You know, have some sort of picture of what's going to happen. So I learned that right. lesson that year. What was your experience with Nano? Uh, not too good. This last year was actually the first year um, I did it, um, and I, my goal was actually a short story. And I ended up uh, having a little mishap with my computer. Um, my computer actually crashed right uh, around Thanksgiving. And mm. I was actually also in the process of editing in her eyes. I lost that edit along with oh. uh, my nano writing. So it was actually quite a disaster. But I think I'm going to definitely try again next year. Well, it, it, to me, it's a great motivational push tool for me to get things done. Like, I've learned now, because I've done it a few years, I've learned now I can accomplish a manuscript, a decent manuscript at this point, in about 23 days of writing. Right. And so I know what I can accomplish. And, and Nano definitely got me to figure that out, because I didn't have a very good writing habit some years ago. Now I know I write in the morning, that's the best time for me to write. I can write other times during the day, but my peak time definitely is in the morning when I want to work on a project and everything else gets pushed to the wayside. Right now I'm trying those sort of writing sprint type things, you know, where I just do a little bit of time. Have you tried anything like that? Um, I have in the past only because when I first started writing, I was working. Um, so I would kind of write basically when I got time. So it would be, you know, 30 minutes here, an hour here whenever I got time, and it took me really, really long to finish my first book because I really had no dedicated time set aside to write. So now you're full-time writing, if I understand correctly? I'm I'm full-time writing. I don't make uh, a full-time living yet solely from my writing, so I still do um, some web design and stuff like that on the side, which is what my afternoons are typically four, but um, every morning, yeah, I'm up and writing. Mm-hmm. So what would you say is the biggest lesson learned so far for you? Um, probably to be persistent. Uh, you don't realize how much you can accomplish just doing a few hours a day, and that, you know, setting aside a few hours, working hard for those few hours, and then just waking up and doing it one day at a time. You know, I can agree with that. I, I was really stubborn about the whole creating a writing habit thing, and then I, I did realize that, wow, I'm a lot more productive when I do that. <laughs> yeah. Funny how that works. <laughs> Get a lot more done when you when you actually create some sort of routine or habit around your, your writing. So I, I know you're a, a family person. You've got dogs. Um, any kids? Uh, no kids, nope. So you haven't uh, had to learn to balance that yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be, I can't imagine, that would be very difficult at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a whole like other this world. Morning, I had to unlock the dogs in another room because if anybody walks by, they'll bark. 
but just just managing them is a, is enough for right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm fortunate. My children are a little bit older now, and so they understand. I have writing time, and actually, they're both in school now, which helps tremendously. But when I was first trying to do this, they weren't, and it was really challenging to get anything done, <laughs> any any writing at all done. It was a definite definite challenge for me. But you know, now it's not so bad. A little bit, actually, a lot easier now. So, you know, something for you to look forward to. <laughs> start, start planning. Start planning now. <laughs> You're going to need a plan of attack <laughs> when the time comes because it just completely changes everything for you. So what's next for you? You've got the Hope in Every Raindrop, Inner Eyes. You said are you're going to go back and do the series. Is that the very next thing uh, you're doing? Uh, yeah, three actually, um, it, yeah, it's going to be a three-book series. Um, actually, I leave on Thursday this week to go up to uh, Alaska. I'm going to go do some research up there for about a week during the start of the Iditarod. Um, oh, cool. Because the book, uh, Open Air Rained Up, does revolve all around sled dogs. So the prequel, I don't want to get too much into it because I haven't actually told anybody this yet, but the prequel is going to be um, kind of like the earlier version of uh, the main character and his dogs. Uh, it's good to put teasers out. It's, good. it's definitely yeah. good to mention te- little things. Just little teasers here and there. Especially since you, have, you seem to have an audience of people who want to know what's going on. So tease them a little. <laughs> well, that's that's pretty exciting, though. Get to go to Alaska and, and check that all out. That's a fun research trip right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Well, I'm hoping to do a, a, a research trip myself to New Orleans for a, another series I'm planning on writing. So it, that, that, that's a perk, I guess, of being a writer, the research trips. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Even regular well, trips he... sometimes turn into research trips. True. That's true. <laughs> so where can people find you? How can they get a hold of you? Uh the best place to find me is at wesleybanksauthor.com, which is my website. Um I'm updating regularly there. And then I'm also pretty active on uh Facebook and Instagram. Facebook and Instagram. Why not Twitter? Um, I d- I've done a lot of Twitter in the past with other business-related things, but I just have trouble getting into Twitter for some reason. I mean, I, I stay fairly active, but it's not uh, not something I really enjoy. And that's what it's all about. you got to find the social media outlets that are enjoyable because then you'll do them consistently. At least that's what I've discovered. <laughs> more consistent right. way. Like, I don't do Instagram. I, I can't. I just don't. <laughs> I can't do Pinterest either. I keep trying, and I just can't. So yeah, I, can't I totally really get, get it. Pinterest. So your your books are available over on Amazon. I know that. Are they available at any other retailers that we should mention? Um, no, I actually took um, Hoping and Arrange Up off the other retailers and put it into KDP Select, which okay. that made, that's actually going to change in the next few months. But for now... Um, everything is on Amazon. Okay, so everybody can check it out on Amazon.com. Look for Wesley Banks. Um, Hope in Every Raindrop is the first book, and In Her Eyes is his second book, so be sure to check it out. And, of course, 
leave reviews because that's how indie authors get noticed by everybody else is when you leave reviews. So, Wesley, thank you so much for being with me on Back Porch Writer. Uh, thank you for having me. You have a great day. Thank you, too. So, as I said, indie authors, what we need most from all of you are, of course, reviews. Good, bad, indifferent. We just need reviews. It helps with us getting discovered, as I said, by other people. So we really appreciate it when you can leave reviews. So give him a little review love. Go over and check out his book, In Her Eyes, over on Amazon today. You could also check out Hope in Every Raindrop. It's just $2.99. And there's 59 reviews there that you can read to see if you're going to like that book. I want to thank you so much for joining me here on Back Porch Writer, the show for writers about writers and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull up a chair, sit a spell, and write. Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackPorchWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull up a chair, sit a spell, and write.